Hello and welcome to the MES Sports Podcast. This is the March 16th episode. I'm your host, Reagan, joined by John. How you doing, John? Doing well. How are you? Doing just fine. Let's dive right in. We've got some interesting NBA news, but most of our stuff's going to be about NFL. But let's cover some NBA before we move over to that. You wanted to talk about Lakers basketball, and we know that the Lakers have not been performing how you would expect a team with the players they've got to perform. What do you make of their season so far? Yeah, we talked about a lot over the last few podcasts, the fact that the Lakers are just kind of falling off a little bit as far as offense, defensively, everyone, but pretty much LeBron James is not playing at the level that you would assume that they are would be playing at based off of all the superstars that they have um, on their roster. And we talked a little bit last episode, I believe that would be Monday, where we talked a little bit about is the fault on LeBron James or is it on the Lakers and we kind of got into that a little bit but though when I watched the when I watched the footage especially the last two games and that would be the Suns game and that would also be the game against um it was this I think it was the Spurs where in both games um there's or no it was the Raptors not the Spurs it was the Suns and the Raptors and in both games, you just saw these Lakers, this Lakers team, not give it their all on both ends of the court. Um, it, it just seemed like they didn't have the physicality that's necessary for the game of basketball. They didn't have the endurance that's necessary for the game of basketball, and they don't have the shots that are necessary for the game of basketball. And really, other than LeBron James, no one was really uh, getting play or causing assists or getting the team on the right track. He was really kind of the only thing that was a redeeming factor of this team getting a uh, t- steals, a couple assists, some points, getting to the free throw line, and doing consistently. He was probably the beacon of hope on the team. And he didn't play tremendously either. It's not like he was the the player dropping 60 points and everyone was dropping two or three. But if you watch the footage, I think they did a better job in the Suns game for a little of it than they did in the Raptors game. And what I mean by that is for the beginning of the game, the Lakers did a decent job of kind of keeping it close for a little while. And then obviously the Suns took off and ended up dominating the whole thing. And when I look at it, I think I can draw a comparison um, from the Lakers down the road a little bit to the Clippers, same state team. And when I mentioned these certain attributes, you would realize that also matches the Clippers attributes pretty well and the only way you really can describe it is like the same car one's electric and one's gas and certain parts of the uh gas powered one are better than electric and there's give and takes in both but there's a lot of similarities in both as well and that's kind of what you end up having with these lakers and clippers team the the differences lie as far as the superstars and who's on their team it seems like the clippers are the type of team that can make mistakes but also can get hot in the in maybe even win a game or two when you get into the playing tournament. But the Lakers seem like the team that they're just going to get swept. But their attributes and what they do are pretty similar. The difference is the Clippers seem like they have the pieces that are that are necessary to start winning, but they, they just don't know how to put those pieces together in a factor that will allow them to win, uh, start winning basketball games and not get so hot or so cold early and get hot faster. That's all they need to figure out. The Lakers, they need to figure out a lot more. They need to be able to... And what, when, with the Clippers, the cold also results in the lack of rebounds and the lack of kind of trying to get back for, for the guard or for the block or the contest. But the Lakers, it's that they're not even down. It's the start of the game and they're already down 15, 16 points at right out of the gate. And they just really can't do anything to find their footing. And that's really just kind of sank this team. The only thing that they're good at 
and I saw a little bit in the Clippers, but not enough to mention on the podcast. But the Lakers were really good at drawing fouls and getting to the free throw line, but they sucked at making their free throws. <laughs> so that's not exactly very helpful if you're getting half the three throws or whatever the case may be. And that's what the consistent factor was. They were not great from deep. Um, they really just had a lot of issues as a whole. And yes, Anthony uh, or AD, um, he obviously didn't play because he's injured with the ankle injury that he suffered quite a uh, quite a long time ago at this point. But if he even comes back, will that bring any emphasis or like oomph to this team? Maybe getting a bigger or like a taller guy in there would help down the stretch or whatever the case may be to not slide out of the playing tournament altogether. But right now, they just seem like a team that's completely discombobulated as far as what is their identity who they are and who they can who they can rely on to shoot uh shoot and be consistent most of the guys are in the low teens they're like maybe 12 points a game maybe 18 points a game i mean against the raptors they were held out of 20 points until seven minutes left in the second quarter so they really couldn't get much of anything going and that's kind of the way to look at it but the especially in the Raptors game, the Raptors were doing a much better job and pretty much everything on the defensive board and offensively, but especially defensively that was holding the Lakers off from getting anything done. So this Lakers team, the more I watch, the more I'm convinced they are screwed after the season is over because they probably won't have a head coach. They probably won't have LeBron James because LeBron James is probably fed up with all of this and what's happening in this team. And then they're and probably not Anthony Davis either. Russell Westbrook, I doubt, because he hasn't done anything to really prove his worth at this at this time and get paid a big contract. Maybe Anthony Carmelo, possibly, because he's staying healthy, might kind of stay with this team. But it's just a lot of things are kind of, I mean, kind of not working out the way you would really hope uh, hope they would. So um, I, I just think that's kind of where things are at. But I do want to pause the episode right here. And normally I don't do this, but I just got breaking news here. Von Miller has signed a six-year contract worth $120 million to play with the Buffalo Bills. Wow. So that just now happened during this free agency frenzy. And I think it would be worth a That's second. That's wild. Because what just happened? Because <laughs> I, I covered it on the site and on Twitter all, all day yesterday. Von Miller is looking to sign with the Rams. Um and, he, and that's probably where he's going to end up being and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like maybe the Cowboys. Where are the Bills coming to this conversation from? And good for him. Just congratulations for doing that because like that makes the Bills he, even scarier. That's what I'm saying. They, they just pulled away. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen with the Rams. At yeah, this we'll point. have to see what happens with the Rams because as we're going to talk about later, they just had some they guys just, retire. Yeah, they just lost a guy to retirement. They lost Von Miller, who was... Yep a really big piece of that Super Bowl run, and he wanted to talk to the Rams first. How long has this contract been talked about? How long has this been happening? There's a lot of question marks there. but Aren't there some questions about Stafford's contract? Stafford's fine. He's just going to get another contract extension. He's not going to leave. But the question is, OBJ, where's he going to go? Yeah. The, uh, like you mentioned, we'll talk about in a second, the guy just retired. Now Von Miller is gone. We were th- talking on the site that, or on the podcast not too long ago, right after they won the Super Bowl, that they'll probably be able to get all these guys back. I'm shocked that Von Miller would yeah. take that walk. But six years, I mean, that's commitment, bro. We saw maybe thought maybe the Denver Broncos would, would win the debate to get him. But, I mean, just six years, really good contract, probably means he's going to finish in Buffalo. 
But it, it, does the Buffalo Bills now be are are they now a Super Bowl contender, a team that could beat well, the Kansas City Chiefs? I think they are. Chiefs? They're kind of they've been they've been really good. They keep getting knocked out before, but I think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think that's because of the defense. Yeah. Because offensively, they're perfectly fine. Um, and as we'll touch about in a minute, the overtime rules might even be changed by the time it all rolls around again. Offensively, you got Stefan Days, you got Cole Beasley, you got Josh Allen, you got David Singletary, uh, you got oh, what's that guy's name? Oh, crap, I can't remember the wide receiver's name, but the other guy. Ah, we'll talk about that in a second if I can figure out his name. Then on defense, you got Micah Hyde, you got Ma- uh, Von Miller. Now you got really good bones. Maybe even get Bobby Wagner in there, get another linebacker uh, uh, in that in the That'd place and. Von Von Miller's a really good pass rusher, can win you Super Bowls, has been there into two Super Bowls, won two Super Bowls, once with the the Broncos. Now again here, I don't know where the clouds come from or where the where the sky opened up for the Bills, but clearly conversations have been happening because the league year has only well, been open been crazy. for a this couple years. This free agency has been really wild to start off. And going into one of our topics we were about to talk about was the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they did to free agency. I know some people are upset about what they did and just I was I was laughing reading the article. They pumped in so much money immediately, and they got they got a few pieces for them. What do you think of how they did a free agency, and then what do you think that they did to free agency? First of all, the first point I want to make about all this is congratulations, Jaguars! You yeah. finally found a coach that meets the guts of the GM, drafting a, a court or a quarterback in the first round, drafting pieces, building something, and he said, "Let me take all the bones that you created last season, and I'm gonna." Put it together in a way that will make you a playoff contender in one to two years. Is giving the opportunity, and right now I feel like he's showing that he was worth the contract. So, do you think those moves doing. that they just made are going to make them playoff contenders this season, or is that going to be a few years down the road? So, I have the the, the hell of belief that the Lions are one to two years out. I know I talked about this. Like, I think they're one to two years out from being a playoff contending team. I believe that the Jaguars are in the exact same boat because I just think the bones that they had last season are now much better. They're, they they got the next step, the next step past bones. They're starting to kind of build a little bit more on the structure. They got the metal in there. Now they're getting the glass and making it look all finishing touches and look all nice. Plus, they got the first-round draft choice. So mm-hmm. they could invest that defensively, get Aiden Hutcherson, which makes like probably the best de- pass rusher in the draft Hands down, everyone's talking about him. Get him on your lineup, and then you, you if they draft well, if they've got any correctly, left. if if they draft correctly, they're playoff contenders. So we'll talk about that so when we'll the draft have to ends. See. Yeah, we'll have to see what but they do with that. If they don't, they're fringe playoff team yeah, okay. because they don't fall off that much just because of the draft. I don't. I, I personally, I think the draft is overrated. I think draft choices are better invested in a certain situation unless you are tanking and you're trying to get out of the tank. Um, if you are not, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are a year past that point, then I think they're at that position. I think Trevor Lawrence's second year is going to make is going to make improvements. He just got to make improvements. They got a wide receiver that actually can catch the football because the wide receivers they have right now cannot catch the football for whatever reason. We talked about this. They are terrible in that position. The second point you mentioned as far as uh, what comes next really for this team um, and how they messed with free agency a little bit. I think there's stuff to be said about this, and I think this is where we'll spend most of the time in this conversation, is, yes, they messed it up because they were putting money in it. And the article I read was talking about the fact that uh, agents ta- or try to do contracts based off what the market is, and because they're throwing so much right. money at it, so they're just jacking up the price up. That's so now probably- all, the, all the players are trying to negotiate crazy contracts, and that's just not going to happen. 
I don't think every team is willing to do what Jacksonville yeah, did. Oh, no, because the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to play a different situation. They're trying to rebuild, and they're yeah. trying to rebuild right now. That is the type of thing that's going to win you so football you think we games. So we don't have as many free agents signed? Are people going to hold out? Or uh, I think, well, this not, might correct itself. I don't know if it will correct itself, to be honest. I don't. I just think play. I think this is a permanent thing, and I don't think it's entirely Jacksonville's Jaguars' fault. Let me explain what I mean about that. I think w- really what's happening is players are demanding more. They want more power. And I bought a, bu- uh, a copy of the Playmakers book, and I- I've been reading it. And one of the things that they mentioned in it is players are scrutinized for trying to get every dollar that they possibly can. And I've always held the belief that they ha- uh, hold in the fact that I think players should be able to get as much money as they possibly can because you never know when a season-ending injury or an injury that could keep you from working forever will happen for you because you're putting your body on the line. So I think right now players are purposely jacking up the price. I don't think it's going to stay at these low free agency prices. People are going to build it up, 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 up. This is just the start of something like that. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's going to course correct because I don't think players want it to course correct. They want this to keep happening. So they're going to ride this wave of high contracts, and more teams are going to start doing this because they see that it works. They landed guys. Who did they just land? They landed – I talked about – oh, who was that guy that just landed? What's his name? The wide receiver. Uh, let me see if I can find him. Well, they got Darius Williams as a cornerback. They got they got a bunch of linemen. I know that. Oh, come on. What's his name? Let me look it up here. Hold on. Well, like you're saying, like if oh if Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk out of Arizona, they yeah. just got a wide receiver that can catch the football. So they're just kind of jacking the prices up. But what will happen eventually is they'll have to extend, like make the salary caps bigger because this all just kind of. Eventually, down the road, cap. it'll even itself out, and everybody will be signing huge salary contracts. Salary caps don't even work at this point. Like the way you can dance around the salary caps, like I've been reading a lot of stuff. I'm very interested in how the NFL really works, and it, it's just like the NFL. As an owner, you you can sign all these guys, go into the red, and then as soon as free agency starts, reconstruct all these guys' contracts, give them bonuses in different ways. Boom, you're out of the red, and you can sign as many guys as you want. So this the <laughs> the cap is kind of there, but at the same time, it kind of isn't there. You mm-hmm. have to cut two guys here, reconstruct those guys there, get those guys, keep all the superstars you want, and then get as many free gins as you possibly can. The thing right now where the NFL is at and I just learned this for franchise tags. We were talking about Devontae Adams' situation. I think this is very fascinating. I think the listeners will really enjoy this. Franchise tags can be applied multiple times. The reason why they're not usually applied more than two times is each time they are increased by uh, the first time, I believe, is a factor of 20% or 20% more. And each time it increases a little bit more. So they're getting a lot of money from these franchise tags. But then eventually the team, if they hold out or the player holds out long enough and don't sign a major contract, they can't franchise tag you uh, again because the price just gets too much and you're not doing a long-term deal, so the money's not spread out. You have to pay that up front for a single season. They let them go and they get into the free agency market. That's just how it works at this point. I didn't know that about franchise tags. That That's why they couldn't do it so many times. That's usually why there's only uh, one or two. So I just think that this the NFL has gotten to the, the, to the tipping point where they're starting to get to the point where they're going to have to figure out this money situation. And it's going to start becoming a little bit odd. But, yeah, I, I just think... I just think the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing a tremendous job uh, as far as free agency is concerned, and I'm excited to see what they do in the near future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, let's pan over to news around the world. I'm going to list a couple different things that we have um, that are on the website right now at mmsports.com, and then we'll break down a couple of them, but let's just go ahead and do that. So big things that happened. 
we have some new overtime rules proposed by a couple different teams, and we can break that down. Um, we have the uh, Raiders just signed Chandler Jones. Uh, the Troy Aikman and Joe Buck duo is official. They'll be working together on Amazon's Thursday night, or is it? No, ESPN. they're moving to Monday night for ESPN. Yes. Uh, the Browns just signed Jakeem Grant, a wide receiver. The Browns also released Austin Hooper. And we just talked about the Rams player that retired is Andrew Whitworth, which is a big loss for them. He was quite a player, and he went to the Super Bowl with them last year. Um, Titans also released Julio Jones. The Ravens signed Zadarius Smith. And the Bucks signed uh, Russell Gage. So, what do you think of all that? That's a lot of stuff that happened. I know you wanted to break down the Russell Gage pickup. What do you think of the Bucks picking up Russell Gage? I think that's big for him because... Right now, they're in a situation where they are sitting on the edge of losing everybody and winning another Super Bowl because of Tom Brady. That mm-hmm. He's kind of way down the car off the cliff for at least another season. But they can't franchise tag um, Godwin much longer, like I said about the franchise tag right. and what, how it works. So picking up a guy like Russell Gage that's not worth the huge money right now, you can then balance things him. out. And I think he's the type of wide receiver that can definitely – be a staple of the Bucks' offense for a good period of time after these other guys exit. So I like that they picked him up, but as far as his ability this season, I believe he's able to bring to the table something that Antonio Brown was able to uh, bring to the table. An extra wide receiver that's going to have to bring get the uh, attention of the defense a little bit, and someone that can definitely make plays for you. He's not going to be as explosive as Antonio Brown. In fact, no, most people don't even know who Russell Gage is if it wasn't for the Atlanta Falcons losing Julio Jones and then Calvin Ridley also going down, and then Russell Gage kind of stepped up into the spotlight a little bit and kind of played his own. We started to see and recognize him a little bit so I think he's definitely going to be able to make a good play for him because he's a little more of a slot wide receiver that can definitely make plays and he's a shifty he's not a tall guy or a big wide receiver but he's definitely shifty enough that he can make plays and it's going to be a nice little target for Tom Brady in the near future especially as the season begins so I think that's a really good decision because the impact this season might not be as good as Antonio Brown was because Antonio Brown's Antonio Brown um scrapping on the off-field stuff, but on-field, he's really good. So I, I think you're going to lose these guys, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, in the next couple of years, especially if Tom Brady doesn't play past this season, and there's really no indication either way. Um, so there's all of that with Tom Brady and what comes next, and we won't break that down too much until the season actually begins when we can see him on the field. But I just think right now the Bucks are, like I said, in the middle of a kind of a start of a transition and trying to hold off that transition as long as they possibly can. So with Tom Brady being there, it's a nice little extra asset to have. Yeah, but in the future, he's, he's an important staple to have a wide receiver that's not going to charge you a bunch of money because he's not at that caliber yet. You know, he can get there, and he probably will, especially under his coaching staff. But right now, it's a really good decision, especially to bring him on. So I'm excited that they did that. When I saw that news yesterday, I was excited. Um, I know a lot of people that are Bucks fans. So I, I just think that's going to be an important thing, and I, I know they're very excited about that as well. Yeah. All right, let's break down the overtime rules changes, just kind of a fun little side note. Uh, so the Colts and the Eagles suggested that it's kind of common theme between the teams that did this, but they suggested that both teams be allowed the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime, no matter like, you know, if it's a touchdown or field goal, whatever it is. Um, and the Tennessee Titans extended that and said that both teams should get to touch the ball unless the team first gets a touchdown and scores a two point conversion, which I thought was interesting. I like the Titans rendition of it. I don't, I don't think teams should just both get a chance, but if they're, if they do something like score, 
two-point conversion shows that they earned it somehow. I don't know. What do you think of those? I think it's one of those things that it probably will be changed. Uh, enough people are complaining about it. Um, but I just think it's probably not going to be the thing where it's, I think the Titans one is probably going to be accepted. That's what I think. Because I don't think the NFL is going to want to do that. I don't think they're going to want to give both teams an opportunity. They like the old school way of doing things They don't want to change. And that's, it's just one of those things, obviously the playmakers book again, I was reading it and they were talking about the NFL rules and how they don't really want to adapt to new ways of knowing if it's a first down. They still want the chains. They still want the, like the anticipation of what comes next. So they, did they get it by the nose of the football and the card holds his breath and all that stuff? Right. They love that. So they're not going to just say, okay, both teams get the over to get the ball. What they probably will do is they have the 10 times ones because that's the exact same rules that they already have other than it pretty much is the, the two same point rule. rule. You got to get right. a two it's point pretty play. much the same, so same rules. Why would they not accept that? It's that just, sounds fine. Just change a little bit of a little extra. You got to give them a little something every once in a while. So. The, the fans will love it because it's something brand new and exciting, blah, blah, blah. But, Personally, I just don't think I think that works for regular season play. I don't think that works for playoff play because it still doesn't fix the problem of playoff games are decided and not decided by overtime if it gets to that point. Immediately, whoever wins that coin toss is probably going to win the football game because of how gassed and how tired and the emotions are so high in a playoff game and in the Super Bowl. So change that to the, the Falcons rules where you each team gets a chance with the football or maybe even a whole quarter play, something like that. Because fans like that in 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 post-play or postseason play because people want to see their end results and people will stay through a whole quarter or they will stay through two both teams touching the football and they will not turn off the TV because there's a lot of, at stake in those I actually, games. Actually, see, I actually disagree. I think they should keep the playoff. They should just keep them the same. Give them the two point conversion thing if they really want that, and just keep it the same all throughout. This going back and forth on stuff. I don't think that's necessary. We just need to. It's about the game. If if the team really wants it, they'll stop the other team from getting a touchdown and then they'll they'll go back down there's, and score. There's, there's Overtime has worked for years. But there's a, well, yeah, yes, but it's also been changed quite a bit. I, I just personally think it's like those teams are so gassed. They're so, they they just been running around for forever, and then you just give the ball to the other team. It just it doesn't seem like there's any way to stop them, especially in the postseason. And that's kind of why the two point conversion thing adds that extra. Like they score a touchdown and this, or they get another chance. It makes it makes it makes it easier but for I just, both teams to touch the ball. It still seems like the same problem, right? Because they're still tired, right? Unless they are guaranteed to touch the football, football you're going to be not, tired. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of uproar. <laughs> the fans hate it. They, I personally hate it too. Because when I watched the Bills Kansas City game this season, and they just got eliminated for the second year in a row in the exact same way, and Stephon Diggs is just crushed. And I'm not a Bills fan either, so it's like I'm excited. Well, I figure. Team, I mean, everything that you've done the game comes up to that point. You should have won the game before overtime. So that's but, just kind of how the, how it ends up. I know, but like, yes, it everything's decided in overtime. But there's usually just—I've heard Belichick say this—the game is usually decided by one or two mistakes. That's usually yep. what the game comes down to. So if you were able to pull it off and get to overtime, I feel like there should be some reward for doing that and holding off for that time because the game goes through 
ups and it goes through downs and it goes through ups and it goes through downs. And there's no guarantee of anything in the NFL, and that's just how the NFL works. So that's why I think that Titan rule works extremely well if you are if you are in the regular season, but it, it doesn't work quite as well if you are in well, the playoffs. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see what happens. And I know the fans are putting a lot of pressure on people to fix this. We'll have to see what happens. And, oh, and I think we'll probably have to agree to disagree down the road on this <laughs> of one. Of course. One more thing before we move on. Another piece of breaking news, because free agency frenzy, we have to cover all the breaking news here. Uh, Tampa Bay, another Tampa Bay. In. Oh boy! Uh, he had uh, the tight end, uh, um, O.J. Howard, mm-hmm. has decided to leave the Tampa Buccaneers. Okay. Now this probably isn't the worst news that you've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, it's, it's not the worst news I've ever heard. Tampa does not have Gronkowski under contract. Okay. So well, this puts a lot of strain on well, them <laughs> to sign Gronkowski to a contract. Oh well, yeah, they'll <laughs> probably go after him. They're I, gonna have to. I feel now. like he's gonna come back. I don't know. He's, he's. I think he wants to be there for Tom Brady's last. He wants season. to probably be there for Tom he's Brady. He's been his star. He's been his favored tight, uh, end, tight end and target for for years. Right, but like going back through the Patriots era. I don't so. know if he's gonna. I, I, Gronkowski's generated so much buzz this offseason about maybe leaving and going to a different team. I just, I just. He came back for Tom Brady. I don't think he's gonna go play somewhere else. For he wants a while. to play for Joe Burrow. He wants to play for the Titans. There's, they're in the middle of a contract conversation. But the league year started at this point when we're recording. This is six oh eight. That's when the breaking news happened the last two times. But, and he's still not under contract. The league year's been going on for, I think it started at three or something like that. So it's been going on for at least three or four hours, and he's still not under contract, which brings him some questions. Now, obviously, he has not been signed by any other team. But one thing I've learned through the breaking news that we talked in the last twenty five minutes is that. Expect the unexpected because yeah. no one thought Von Miller was going to the Bills. And nobody thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to pump $230 million into, into the, the first couple of days of free agency. And just throw caution to the wind. So yep. maybe or maybe not, but that is we'll why that breaking news is important. All right. Well, that is all we have to talk about. It's trivia question time. So yes. let's do it. Throw it at me. So in honor of the huge games that have been played or the huge point games that have been played especially the two Kyrie Irvin and Carl Anthony Towns 60 point games mm-hmm. we all know who holds the number one uh, rank in most points scored and that's Will Chamberlain with 100 the question I have for you is who holds the second most who holds points the second most now I'll give you some po- I'll give you some some guys you can think about here mm-hmm. yeah Will Chamberlain you got Kobe Bryant and you got David Thompson those are your three who do you think holds it and who? Do you, how many points do you think he has? So second closest to Will Chamberlain's a hundred. Yeah, and what do you? Who would you think that is? And how many points do you think he scored? Okay, I, th- I think it's probably Kobe Bryant. Um, and it's probably not super close. So it's probably somewhere in like seventies, eighties. What's your final? That's not an answer. So, you can't say seventies. <laughs> let's just or go 80s. Kobe Bryant at like seventy-five points. All right, nice job. We got Kobe correct. It's 81. 81, okay. And All that right. was in... Nothing to be ashamed of. January 22nd, 2006. Okay. That's the second most. Man, nobody's come close. Yeah, even Will Chamberlain himself, his next closest is 78. Okay, wow. Goodness. All right, well, it was fun talking sports. Obviously, crazy stuff going on, and we will have another episode coming up later this week to cover more of the craziness i'm sure that will unfold by friday Absolutely. so looking forward to that Alrighty. see, see ya. ya god bless